This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Well, a diagnosis of cancer brings with it a great deal of stress. And even with a hopeful prognosis and treatment protocol, the strains of undergoing treatment and chemotherapy in particular are numerous. We'll hear with more on all of this and what seems to make a difference. Our Dr. Melanie Kalman, she's a professor of the, at the College of Nursing, and Catherine Kitty Leonard, a nurse practitioner specializing in oncology. Welcome to you both. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Thank you. So, Kitty, let me start with you. You've worked a great deal with patients who have cancer, and you've also been involved in this, a study most recently to take a look at how patients diagnosed with cancer and who are receiving IV chemotherapy respond to touch. Why do this? As a nurse practitioner and actually as a staff nurse uh, working with patients, I became very sensitive to the numerous um, examinations, procedures, and the emotional uncertainty that a lot of these people undergo. And I was very curious to know how um, intimidating or how soothing uh, personal touch could be. Um, I have a background uh, as a massage therapist, although I do not practice professionally at this time. Um, and so it uh, gave me a sensitivity for the amount of um, connection that could be uh, either communicated by touch or um, in some cases my assumption was that there would be a lot of alienation in the sense of very uh, scary procedures or very personal examinations uh, the numbers of, of IVs and what we could call invasive procedures that are done. And there weren't a lot of good studies on this as I went through my master's program. And so I approached Dr. Kalman uh, to devise a method to actually talk to people themselves, patients themselves, and... and um, really get the data from the mouths of the people who are going through the experience. So Dr. Kalman, you as a professor in the School of Nursing have a lot of research background. Mm -hmm. What What is the nature of this kind of study? I mean, I think that uh, mm -hmm. Kitty already alluded to the fact that it was more of a qualitative kind right. of study. Help us understand what we mean by qualitative research. So qualitative research as opposed to quantitative research looks at the experience of those who are undergoing the phenomena we're looking at. Uh, you do qualitative when not much is known about the subject. And as Kitty said, she had done a lit review and there wasn't much about how it felt to be touched over and over again when you're in the hospital and when you're getting chemo. Uh, so we felt we should do a qualitative study and these are give, gives you more breath than just adding up numbers. So in other words, the metrics weren't as important as kind of the experiential, yes. mm -hmm. more yes. shades of gray, yes. more of a sense of kind of the, the larger picture, perhaps. Yes, the, the shades of gray were where the bulk of the data lay. Mm -hmm. And we've uh, identified a particular methodology um, within the qualitative realm called phenomenology that 
basically takes the experiences of people in relatively unstructured interviews. Um, we had some questions that were common from one interview to another, but we basically let the interviewee um, guide the process of what they wanted, what was important for them to talk about within this topic. So this was part of your, at this point, your um, nurse practitioner master's yes. program, mm -hmm. which sounds like very fascinating and interesting opportunity for you to, to uh, undertake that kind of research. Well, I had, uh, I had kind of hatched the idea and what I found was that the Upstate program was one of the few nurse practitioner programs in, in the area that would allow me to actually undertake a thesis and have help in conducting original research. It's interesting, too, that strikes me about choosing the qualitative methodology that while it's also perhaps very illuminating in terms of this broader picture or telling more of the story, it's also a little murky so it's in terms of it not being hard and you know fast numbers or, or you know or data and so it also requires some interpretation I would think as well is that true it's Dr. Truly. yeah it Please. is true but it's it's I wouldn't call it murky um, I believe that an experience such as undergoing <clears throat> chemotherapy is you, you can't break it down to specific variables. That's not what the human experience is. So we're looking at something much broader, what they're looking at. And you listen to these interviews and you hear the same things over and over. They're different stories, but the same themes come out. And that's what we're looking at in qualitative research. Now, over at the college, we also have a lot of nurse researchers who do quantitative. We have both quantitative and qualitative. We're really at a good spot now with research. If you're just joining us, you're listening to HealthLink on Air. I'm Linda Cohen along with Dr. Melanie Kalman and uh, Catherine Kitty Leonard, and we're talking about chemotherapy patients and their experience of touch during a treatment regimen for, for cancer. So let's start with who participated. What we did after approaching the uh, Upstate Inter Institutional Review Board and um, getting approval uh, for the research study was to... Um, put out a, uh, an approved informational flyer to um, the different centers in the area as well as in other states, and um, then received uh, referrals from uh, practitioners, uh, nurses, who would say, I have a person who indicated that they were interested in participating, and then I would contact them and confirm that. Uh, we, of course, prior to doing any of the interviewing, um, reviewed in detail a consent um, of course. Mm -hmm. that went through, you know, how the, the data would be used. Then the interviews were approximately about an hour in length. Overall, uh, with the qualitative research, it is a small number of people because you look at each one of the interviews as you're um, completing the transcript, and 
look at the numbers of themes that come out and you continue to enroll people until you find that there is uh, no more new theme, new information that's Very coming out. Mm -hmm. So overall, we had uh, 13 participants, which were, um, <clears throat> excuse me, no, I'm sorry, 11 participants. It was eight women and three men. So what were the themes that emerged? I mean, that's, to me, mm -hmm. the crucial issue. Yeah. You say that, that it was somewhat thematic and that there was almost a universal quality to it. I mean, not that it was single, but but the fact that there were multiple themes. What were the themes, Dr. Thomas? They talked about uh, being touched in the healthcare setting, being touched by friends, how friends and families touched, changed while they were undergoing chemotherapy. And the third one, Kitty? Um, it was <laughs> actually... Um, Within, it was called uh, intentional use of touch. In other words, um, this would be a more, um, say, intimate setting that was either, um, say, bed baths or assistance in personal care and bathing or even massage therapy where the person doing the touching had a relationship with the uh, participant that was in, intended. They're not a family member not <clears throat> family member intimate touch in the sense of sexual relationships or deep friendships, but this is more a person who is professionally connected but intending to use touch in, you know, the realm that would provide comfort. So overall, though, it strikes me there must have been kind of an overarching Absolutely. Theme. And what, what, and the biggest theme that came out of this that actually um, is even larger than the themes, the smaller themes that were broken out, is that, um, and it surprised me quite a bit. I mean, let me back up to say my expectation, which I had to work very hard not to interject my bias either into the interviews or in. Um, Analysis. analysis of the themes, and this is where Dr. Kalman also helped to help verify that the analysis was true to the interview and not uh, developing a bias that I thought people were going to say. Well, when people are touching me in a friendly way, in a kind way, um, this is great, but boy, when they come at me to do an invasive procedure or we have to go to the scanner, or we have to have an IV inserted, that's scary and that touch is hard. And that was absolutely not the case at all. So in other words, let me, let me restate this so it's clear, because yes. I'm trying to make sure I understand. What you're saying is you would have thought mm -hmm. that it, 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 a lot of the response by the patient would have been determined by the nature of the touch, in other words, yes. the circumstances around the touch, yes, and and also maybe who was doing the touching, right? Um, that it would, if it were someone unknown to them or somebody right. who was doing a procedure, it would be one way versus if yes. it was just someone gently, uh, a friend gently, you know, touching, stroking their arm or something it would be different. So. But yes, what they found is if they treated them like human beings, that's what mattered. Whether they were getting poked with an IV, whether they were just talking to them. 
And that came through no matter what group they were talking about. I found it interesting that people found that women backed off. Women who might have been big huggers before now didn't touch them as much. And men who were more standoffish now hugged. And that came across through everybody that those roles changed. That's very, very interesting. So, but what do you, so is the bottom line, I mean, what was the bottom line here through it mm -hmm. all? Though? Yes, the bottom, the real bottom line is that it is the relationship between whether it's the family member, the massage therapist, the nurse, the physician, whoever is, you know, doing the touching, it is the quality of the relationship. And it's the quality of the relationship that regards the other person as a whole individual, as a complete and healthy individual underneath whatever disease is expressed. So that it's mm -hmm. this notion of treating the individual with a certain level of dignity. Completely. And respect for their yes. boundaries, so to speak. Yes. In a sense, if we were to talk about um, the clinical situation, it would be the importance is that um, I as a nurse practitioner, say, forge a relationship that regards the person as a total whole individual who has come to me because they happen to have, you know, issues with a disease, and the disease is not that person. So we forge a relationship based on that. They have come to me because I, or the physician they're seeing, has a certain level of expertise but we are uh, both no. two complete and whole people within that. And our patients pick up on that within 30 seconds, how you approach them. So it's almost like respecting their humanity. Exactly. Yes. As opposed to that they are a patient who requires a protocol, something exactly. to Or a disease. They are a disease, yes. Thank you so much. This is incredibly important and helpful information. My guests have been Dr. Melanie Common. She's a professor in the School of Nursing at Upstate Medical University, and Catherine Kitty Leonard, Leonard, a nurse practitioner specializing in oncology. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.